everybody you know what time it is you know what time it is you know what time it is that's right it's spooky season and this is what week number three of us getting spooky with the season of spooky season jk i don't know what i'm saying anymore <laughs> uh tonight's featured movie though is 2007's debut of jeremy solner uh murder party and if you don't haven't seen murder party well, then you've got to listen to us talk about it, because it's incredible. <laughs> but before we get to that wild uh, flick, hey, guys, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm the G to the E to the R to the M. The T stands for the, but you already knew that. We're about to rip it up in the modern way, so you know it's got to be Mr. Germ T. Ripper. And we got the beautiful and talented, the prime minister, the sinister, Mr. Ruthless Chris. Ruthless Chris, introduce yourself to the people. So I, I am Ruthless Chris. <laughs> and of course, we can't forget <laughs> the Tower of the Hour, the Princess of Power, the killer, Kelly Miller. What's up, killer? Hey. How y'all doing? Hey, you doing? indeed. Hey is for horses, but Kelly is not a horse. She no. is a pretty young girl. I'm kind of I'm too small to be a horse. She is tiny. Maybe a donkey. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hey, I'm a enough pony. lip from you, robot. <laughs> uh, I am sorry. <laughs> J.K. There's never <laughs> enough lip from the robot. Uh well, in that case, let's get this terror train on the tracks. And what what have you guys uh, been up to in the past week? Hmm. <laughs> not a whole lot um, okay yeah well that's a good thing that means you've been watching yeah. some movies some things you can talk about but what else have you to, been up to it's i had something. some oh yeah i had some memorial services over the weekend lost some family members so yeah but it was nice i did get to see some cousins from out of town that like a bunch of us that we haven't been together in at least a decade and you know it's sad for uh sad moment like that to bring you bring you together but at least you get to be together you know it was we had fun i mean as fun as you can have in those circumstances right fair enough well i'm sorry for your loss my deepest condolences <laughs> i got beat up that microphone maybe okay fair enough <laughs> and you mr ruthless chris anything uh, have you been up to anything in the past week I have been gearing up for this weekend show. By the time you hear it, uh, hear this, it'll already have happened. But uh, we we leave for Chicago in a few days. Going to go see Mr. Germ over there, and uh, we're going to have our show at the Berwyn Eagles. But you know, I spent all day today getting merch boxes ready and taping up T-shirts and uh, getting everything organized, collecting weapons, you know, doors, glass panes, all that kind of shit. It's been just uh, a lot of show prep. Aside from that, I haven't really done anything. Uh, we really we did carve pumpkins Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, we yeah. Uh, we did carve pumpkins. We had a we had a fucking all on uh, fall night. Like we had an option. We we could either like go to a metal show in fucking Detroit. I didn't feel like driving to Detroit. Then they had the zombie crawl downtown here in Toledo. Oh. 
And honestly, that's like a fucking shoulder to shoulder shit show. Do you know it costs 20 bucks to get into that shit this year? (laughs) 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 So we were like, no, fuck this. So we went and got some pumpkins. We got some rum and apple cider. We fucking uh, threw on Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, which I'm sure Chris is going to talk about that movie tonight. Um, there was one other Halloweeny thing we did. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, man, uh, full, full on fall night. We yeah, uh, we listened to old school playlists from the fifties of yeah. monster music. Yeah, <laughs> uh, full on fall soup. Oh, made oh. soup. Yes, oh. <laughs> we made soup. That's what it was. You made soup, and I'm sure I made poop. Uh, Full-on fall night sounds like it was spectacular. It was perfect for spooky season, Saturday night, staying in, carving up pumpkins, and enjoying each other's company. Sounds lovely indeed. Uh, But we got to keep on moving and keep on grooving, and let's talk about what movies we've been watching. Uh, Hey, let's, let's get a little nutty and kill a Kelly Miller. What you've been watching first? Um, I watched an old one, uh, one from 1976. That was, I don't know, I was asking some people online, uh, like, anybody know some good movies that take place on Halloween? And somebody suggested this one to me. This is The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, uh, 1976 on Tubi. It's starring Jodie Foster and Martin Sheen. <laughs> um, after watching this, I wouldn't exactly call it a horror movie. It's definitely more of a thriller or like uh, drama in a lot of ways. But it follows 13-year-old Rin, played by uh, Jodie Foster. She's home alone on her birthday on Halloween, and creepy neighbor, who's actually like her landlord's uh, son, he's definitely like, dude, he's, you know, like child fucking creep you know but like he he kind of comes over and starts hitting on the little girl like you know you know what i mean <laughs> but he starts hitting on the little girl telling her she's beautiful and shit and it's like throughout this entire movie she keeps making excuses about where her dad is and you're just like you realize she's hiding something and um she her story is they leased this uh house from you know this fucking pedophile's mom but uh, they leased the house from him th- or her three years ago. They're from England. But you never see her dad. She's always making all these excuses like, oh, yeah, my dad's sleeping. Well, my dad's in New York. My dad's at work. So you like start thinking, like, what the fuck? Where's this girl's dad? And then, it, like, obviously she's hiding something in the basement. I don't know, man. This movie, it was a pretty, pretty slow burn, pretty drawn out, and didn't have, like, that big of a payoff. But it was... I mean, it kept you watching because you wanted to know what the fuck. You kind of knew what she was hiding in the basement. Like, the landlady goes down to check and she hits her head. And then she falls into the basement and she dies. So you know there's at least one body in the basement. It's basically this little about this little 13-year-old girl hiding bodies in her basement. And the whole big mystery is, where the fuck is her dad? Did she kill him too? You know? That's basically it. With some creepy pedophile vibes, like, throughout the movie. Yeah, because that, the, you know, the landlords, and that they make it known, like, oh, don't go around this guy, you know? Uh, yeah, it's, oof. I don't know, it's, I give it a three, I guess. You guys don't want to go to Uncle Feely's Puzzle Dungeon, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and that was played by Martin Sheen, the, the fucking creep, yes. <laughs> it's hard to picture him in that role. 
<laughs> yeah, he was pretty young in it. This had to be right around the time that Taxi Driver was made, judging by... Or, yeah, judging by how uh, sorry I had something <laughs> in my throat. Um, judging by how young Jodie Foster is in this movie, like she had to be around the same age as Taxi Driver. Hold on, let me look. Oh yeah, so they're both nineteen seventy six. Was the same year Taxi Driver came out. So you say you give it three stars. What uh, what uh, streaming services is this on? Tubi. I don't know. I give it. I of think course. I'd say closer to two and a half. 2.75 on this rating. Sure. 2.75 stars just to make it difficult for Peapod <laughs> with the graphics and it's streaming on Tubi. Chris, have you seen The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane? I have, but it's been a really, really long time and I remember nothing about it. Like I, I saw it when I was like a teenager. It was a video store rental. It's hardly even a Halloween movie. Like the only thing that makes it a Halloween movie is the fact that on the first day, like the first opening scene, she's home alone on Halloween night. So that kind of sets the tone for the season. Fair enough. I mean, I I seen it once, and I remember that you know I think like you said, it's about a three. Uh, yeah. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. It was no, yeah. worth a watch if you're a Jodie Foster fan, or if you're a fan of suspenseful, uh, yeah, weird films like, from the seventies. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely fits. Uh, definitely fits under like if it's not horror, I'd say it's horror adjacent and uh, yeah. worth a watch. Yeah, uh, hiding bodies in the basement. There's at least that horror element, you know. Right, which I mean, a lot of uh, modern horror kind of tips its hat to that idea. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Pearl maybe Pearl, yeah, would uh, yeah. definitely be uh, ancestor to the little girl who lives down the lane. Uh, but yeah, we'll say two point seven five. We'll say three, and it's going on two B. But uh, hey, Chris, what you been watching, baby doll? Uh, first one I'm going to talk about, I was going to talk about last week, and I had to postpone it till this week. Remember, there was like, I had to pick. But uh, I liked this so much, I didn't want to let it pass by. Had I seen it the year it came out, uh, it would have been in my top ten list. Um, this is The Cursed. Um, terrible title for this film. Originally, it was called Eight of Silver. Um, this is 2021 by Sean Ellis. Uh this was a really cool, like, kind of gothic folktale. Um, what you have is a a family or a, a military sergeant who commits some war crimes against maybe some of the wrong people, and him and his family acquire a curse. And the curse starts turning everything around them into this certain type of monster that is coming for his family to atone for what he did to these people. Um, the the action is very fast. It's very bloody. Really cool cute creature feature. Like a, a, It's got roots kind of in what stuff you've seen before, but it has like its really own take on it. It's This was a really cool movie. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I believe I watched it on Netflix. Or maybe it was on Hulu. Um, can't recommend it enough. Um, I see on the letterbox it's a little polarizing to people. This uh, this did have a theater run, but it was like right post um, uh, uh, pandemic, so it really didn't didn't move any needles in the theater. And I think the name is just awful for it because there's a million movies with a similar name. I mean, even Kelly talked the uh, the previous week about how she 
went to try to watch this movie after me talking about it and watched the wrong movie because it was so similar to other things. But yeah, this is The Cursed. Uh, I give this four stars out of five. Highly, highly recommend it. It is a period piece. Um, and it, it's it's cool because it does span a couple little different time periods. Like uh, it starts in one time period and kind of jumps back, uh, which is cool. Um, if, if it's low budget, you can't tell. And it has a really 80s kind of um, style of special effects. Like there is some digital stuff, but most of it's practical, which I really did appreciate. Uh, so yeah, would highly recommend the curse. Four out of four out of five stars. Sweet, that sounds like an exciting film to watch. Uh, I don't think I've watched. I actually checked Letterbox while you were talking because sometimes I think I haven't seen a movie, and then there are times when I've seen it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. You say you think it's on Netflix, and it's four out of five stars. Uh, it's um, on Hulu. I looked it up while we were chatting. Hulu, all right. You do, we do. That voodoo, that Hulu. <laughs> How about you, uh, Kelly? Have you seen The Cursed? No, nope. As he said, I, I tried to watch it, but I ended up watching another movie on Hulu called The A-Cursed. Like A-C-C-E-U-R-S-E-D. Um, this ended up being... I I've completely even forgot I watched that or I might have talked about it today, but um, yeah, it's not even really worth talking about it started it's a witch movie that started out interesting and then took a hard nose dive and you're just like this is lame there were so many scenes that just had me like you know but yeah a curse don't watch that watch cursed the one that chris watched because that's the one i was trying to watch and i still mean to watch all right sounds <laughs> good i like it i love it give me more of it <laughs> <laughs> um uh well i'm gonna keep the train chugging along choo choo and talk about a movie that i just watched before logging into uh recording of this episode uh it is unfortunately not take place on halloween but i loved it so much that i have to talk about it it is uh alex phillips debut full-length film uh, it was released last year and it is a doozy. It's called All Jacked Up and Full of Worms. This film is bizarre and I loved every minute of it. Thankfully, uh, it's only an hour and 12 minutes, which feels like the perfect length for it. And I don't know why I said thankfully, because maybe if it was too long, it wouldn't have hit the same way. But it's about these strangers and they're very, they're very odd quirky characters you know and they sort of like their lives intersect with each other in weird ways um but in this movie in this world that this movie lives in if you ingest earthworms you hallucinate it's like a trippy drug um, and it's just plain earthworms because there's even a scene where they break into a uh, live bait and tackle shop, like fishing supply store, and they kill the clerk in order to steal his worms uh, to get high. Uh, but there's so much more. It's like it's super hard to describe. It's it's very much like uh, if Joe Bagos, you know, of Bliss and VFW, uh, were to make a film crossed between David Cronenberg's. Uh, naked lunch it's a lot of drugs a lot of sex a lot of weird lighting uh very little budget you can tell uh but i just saw that the the director alex phillips is from chicago so i may try and hunt him down and be like hey 
tell me how you got uh came up with this idea of all jacked up and full of worms because it's amazing i'm a big fan of this film immediately uh i gave it four stars it's on tubi and prime and i can't recommend it enough uh have you guys seen or heard of this movie all jacked up and full of worms i have not uh i watched like half of it uh there is there was a storyline going on in there that started making me feel real uncomfortable i don't know if it went the direction um it hinted it was going at but it it made me not really want to watch it and i ended up turning it off uh hopefully it didn't go that direction um but yeah, I mean, there there was there was definitely some cool filmmaking and all that going on. There was just something that I didn't really like, um, story element wise. I, I just didn't really enjoy watching that. I I had to dip out. So I I feel like I have a complete opposite feel than you on this one. Fair enough. And we don't have to tiptoe around it. There, the main care. It starts off with one of the main characters getting a doll in the mail that he's telling people is his baby but it's an infant-sized sex doll. Uh, he doesn't have sex with the doll. Good, because it, it made it seem like he was fucking gonna, that's for sure. Yes, uh, it is a, It is definitely uncomfortable. That element is definitely uncomfortable, but I think this is a great film uh, regardless. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I highly recommend it. Chris does not, and Kelly has not seen it. I say four stars. Watch it on Tubi. Uh, get uncomfortable. <laughs> but let's keep the train and truck chugging along. Killer Kelly, what you got next for us on the second round? Um, I watched <clears throat> one from 2019. Uh, this one was uh, all right. All of mine were just mediocre tonight. But they're all something new. So always watch something new. But this is uh, Candy Corn 2019. You can watch this on Hulu. Uh, written and directed by Josh Hasty. Uh, it is starring PJ Souls, you know, from the original Halloween, probably, and Carrie, and yep, Tony Todd is in this. Uh, Courtney Gaines, who plays Malachi from the original um, Children of the Corn. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is basically your cliche setup. Um, Halloween night, there's a bunch of dickhead kids who have a tradition of bullying the special needs kid. He, I don't know, he might be autistic or something, but he works at this traveling carnival this year. And the night before, they're, you know, fucking with him and they take it way too far. Kid dies. Well, Dr. Death, the he's a little person from the traveling circus who does like voodoo and stuff he resurrects um jacob jacob is the name of the, the kid that died oh by the way these kids they all look like they're hitting 30 so <laughs> there's that <laughs> an alone but, in the dark situation yeah. scared of the dark situation <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but um he resurrects jacob jacob comes back to uh you know get his revenge as a masked killer who takes out the people who wronged him one by one um pj souls and courtney Gaines are sheriffs the sheriffs at first are called in to investigate but then kind of kind of try to brush it under the rug and until you know more people start turning up missing and shit so they can't really ignore it anymore. But yeah, this is basically your average revenge horror movie. It just happens to take place on Halloween and with the traveling carnival aspect. Um, it had a feel of like, you could definitely see the Rob Zombie influence in this. You know, 
I'm sorry. I haven't figured out the microphone yet. <laughs> We're only like 80 episodes in. But, um, yeah. That's... Chris, what did you think about this movie? Because I thought it was... It was, like I said, it's just mediocre. If you're looking for a fucking marathon of Halloween movies, you, you might throw this in, but I wouldn't say it's like a recurring traditional one that you'd... Not that I would want to watch anyway. I I felt the Rob Zombie influence, and I'm not a big Rob Zombie fan personally, but it's worth a watch. I didn't like it. I thought it was boring as shit. Um, not a lot happens in it. No. I don't know. I thought it was boring. I thought it was just kind of... Cliché. Pointless. Yeah, there there wasn't any like like awesome kills or it wasn't like a interesting storyline, you know? You're right. It was it was pretty just like bottom bottom of the barrel sort of horror movie that takes place on Halloween, but I guess it's worth a watch. I didn't hate it, you know? Had 31, you know, the movie 31. It reminded me of that in some in some ways. 31 is so bad I find it hilarious. Yeah. Like like the first time I watched 31, I was so upset and just thought it was terrible. And then this, I had to watch it again. And then I was just laughing hysterically the whole way through because every decision is so absurdly stupid. Like, yeah, let's have a, a Nazi midget clown who's Spanish. Yeah. This was a Diet 31, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, it's the same actor who plays the little guy in 31 that plays the little guy in this movie. The little guy in this movie, yeah. Yeah. Same actor. Um, I just looked it up on on Letterboxd because I know that I've watched it. I own a copy of it. Uh, I I guess I was feeling generous that night because I gave it three and a half stars, which is weird (laughs) because I remember being uh, disappointed in this film. Because it does have a great cast. It does have a, a cool premise. You know, I love movies that take place on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just not that great, you know? I, I was definitely let down by this film because I was expecting a lot more. I even like the trailer. The trailer is great. But, I mean, that is the job of a trailer. is supposed to get you hooked in to watch the movie. Uh, yeah, evidently I gave it three and a half. Maybe I'll rewatch it since I own the damn thing. But, you know, it's streaming all over the place. Freebie, Plex, Freebie. Prime Video, Roku, and Tubi. So, yeah, like uh, Kelly said, if you want to give it a go, there's no reason not to. It's streaming for free all over the place. Um, but, yeah, I said three and a half. What do you guys give it? I gave it a three. Two. That's generous. Another 2.75, I suppose. <laughs> Well, alrighty then. <laughs> Let's keep on chugging along. And ruthless Chris, what you got for us on the second round going around, baby? So I watched a brand new movie. It came out last week. Uh, this is a Hulu original called Appendage uh, by Anna Zlokovic. Um This was like if Lauder made Basket Case for Hallmark. <laughs> like it's it's just a neutered version of Basket Case. Well, kind of. Um, you have a woman who's a fashion designer, and she's getting road hard at work, make these new designs. You know, her boss is a prick, all this shit. And her stress causes her to grow this appendage, which turns into a grief person that pops out of her, kind of bad Milo style, and um, 
keeps like telling her to do stuff and it can hypnotize her and all this shit, right? Um, the 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 tone of the movie is played very seriously, but the way the creature looks looks like they had them on as much money as when they made Belial for Basket Case. Um, I sent a, a screenshot of it to Kelly, and she's like, "Is that a turd person?" <laughs> um, but it turns out, so she ends up finding the support group, and there's other people. Like this is a common thing in this world that's just not talked about, where that ha- they all have their grief appendages. And the things can like hypnotize them uh, to do things or say things. So the group, every um, meeting, they give them all syringes so they they can keep their appendage subdued. Uh, this one does some interesting stuff. It's a little wacky. Uh, like I said, it doesn't really go for it like Henlotter did. Uh, you could tell they watched Basket Case. They're like, you know, we could do that, but uh, you know, let's make it to where anyone can watch it. You know. Like it, it's basket case minus the sleaze and the sense of humor. Like it's not funny, and which is really weird because you'd think it would be with how they made the monster look because it just looks like a pile of shit with um like a turd with, man. Yeah, it looks like a turd man with like 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 glazed over fucking baby blues, <laughs> just like hypnotizing bitches and staring into their souls. Um, it does. <laughs> it does have like this really interesting angle it takes towards the end that doesn't really pan out very well but it was kind of interesting uh the, the acting was very good the only thing that really like made this feel cheap was the monster because it was like well filmed well acted you know like it was shot beautifully and then you have like this <laughs> turd weird <man>. turd man <laughs> and this fucking thing chained to the radiator getting shot up in its neck with drugs uh all in all, I don't know if I'd recommend it. I guess it's worth a watch. I'll probably never watch it again. It was interesting. I gave it three, but like even thinking back on it, I'm thinking it's more of like a two and a halfer. Uh, so yeah, that's Appendage on Hulu 2023. It came out like a week ago. Well, two weeks ago by the time you hear this. Fair enough. Uh, that sounds like some interesting body horror. Sounds like it tried to be really smart. Uh, you know, with the grief thing and the feelings and which is is very popular theme nowadays, you know, with mental health and everything. Uh, would you say that it was m- trying to be smarter than it actually was? Um, you ever see a movie that has a smart concept, but they're so uh, like ham fisted and over like they overplay it so hard or it just doesn't feel intelligent anymore. It's just it was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Um the, the one thing I will say about it is it doesn't, it, it, it gets going pretty fast. Like the appendage or the turd man's out of her probably within like 20 minutes at the start of this movie. So it's not one of those movies where it's like 40 minutes of story and exposition and then like the shit happens at the end. It's happening throughout the whole thing. But, and there was like little tiny like doses of fight club in there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the little turd man is kind of like a little Tyler Durden, <laughs> little stupid speeches. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Tyler Turden. Tyler Turden. <laughs> I mean, now, now, now I'm even more interested in that because you know that's a that was a great uh, Fight Club was great commentary on like a hyper masculine society and yeah, but that was smart, dude, bro. Uh, 
antics. So maybe I want to see a little turd man be a dude bro. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so, sounds like some cool body horror, though, and I, I do enjoy body horror. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons I enjoyed uh, All Jacked Up and Full of Worms so much is because it was uh, a lot of body horror stuff going on. Uh, Kelly, have you seen Appendage? I don't believe so, but honestly, it sounded like something I have seen before. As he's explaining it, I'm like, I've seen something similar to this. Yeah, it's called fucking Basket Case. Yeah, probably. It probably is Basket Case. There was another movie, though, too, that I feel like we covered on here before. I can't think of it. I think I have it downstairs. I know, one- I know that Takashi Miyake's, um his film for the Masters of Horror series kind of had that same idea where there was a a twin embedded yes, yeah imprint so what is else? that what you're thinking of no for some reason or, i was thinking uh, of cyst. Uh, what about that, malignant, malignant yeah, there's maybe malignant too. no i was thinking of cyst for some reason and that's nothing like what he's just rocked cyst cyst did rock <laughs> anyway well i i totally forgot about cyst i'm gonna have to go back and check that out since you both say it rocks and i i do thoroughly enjoy things that rock and or roll. <laughs> I don't remember yeah, if we covered that one with you or if that's one that we had Pondo on. It might have been the old Yeah. I was like I was saying, yeah, it was it was when we had Pondo on. We had the producer on uh, uh, uh to talk about the film. We ended up doing an episode about it and raving about it. Then he like reached out to us yeah. and wanted to come on. And then he ended up showing us some of his other films like Miracle Valley and stuff. It was pretty cool and infrared. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We have to reach back out to that guy. We should. That guy rocked. Right. Well, I do, like I said, rocking and rolling. We're going to rock and roll on this Halloween train straight forward. And I'm going to talk about a boo, very boo. choo-choo indeed. Boo-boo. Uh, boo-hoo. Boo-boo. Halloween. Boo-boo. All right. <laughs> We're going to wa- talk about a brand new film just released on Amazon Prime. It is a wild and wacky, weird wonderful uh time traveling slasher film called totally killer um yeah thankfully Ah. this takes place on halloween did i just screw you up kelly were you gonna talk about totally killer i i almost watched this the other night i didn't realize it took place on halloween or i would have fucking watched it because i was digging for halloween movies you know but i was like i'm about to watch this one anyway (laughs) they they don't advertise it as such but it's about uh when the infamous sweet 16 killer returns after 35 years of his murder spree to claim another victim 17 year old jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987 determined to stop the killer before he can start uh now the cool thing about this is that yeah like i said it does take place on halloween so you get uh a lot of retro costumes and a lot of current costumes and you get uh, a sense of whimsy which i think that you know you've got to have to have a really great halloween movie this is directed by nana it's a indian name and i'm gonna butcher it so nanachka khan uh I was practicing re- reading this in my head uh, while you guys were talking. Never none, comes out the way you think it will. <laughs> no, none. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so the director, she's known more for uh, directing comedic uh, sitcoms uh, like American dad, young rock fresh off the boat. And I, if I can, I'm pretty sure that this is her first full length movie as a director. 
And, you know, it's pretty cool to have a time traveling slasher movie be your first uh, full length feature. And it definitely, uh, you can see the comedic aspects and there are some good laughs. There's some good kills. And uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I wanted to give it a higher score, but maybe I just was expecting too much. I'm not sure. Or maybe there was too much nostalgia porn for my liking. Uh, but I gave it three stars still, and it's worth a watch. So if you have Amazon Prime, uh, definitely check it out. And if you enjoy time traveling movies, you'll probably enjoy this film. It's fun. It's quirky. It reminds me a lot of that tonally, at least, of like Freaky and um, other movies where it's kind of like tongue in cheek, Happy Death Day, kind of Detention. fun slasher movies. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Totally Killer and you have Amazon Prime, check it out. Three stars. Definitely worth the watch during the Halloween season. Uh, I'm guessing you guys haven't seen it yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, I mean it's it's pretty new. It's it's popped up as recommended quite a bit, but you know it's it just came out. I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, in like the past three days, I believe it's been. Yeah, on social media, it seemed like everybody was checking it out lately. So, but you know, I, I was sitting at home and yeah, I was like, what the hell? Why not? But three stars, uh, Amazon Prime. Worth a watch. Check it out. We got one last round, though, before we talk about Murder Party. <laughs> Killer Kelly Miller, what you got for us? Um, This one, this one came out last year. I wanted to watch it last year, but it wasn't streaming anywhere for free, and I just didn't see paying for this one. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't see paying for this one. But this, now it's streaming for free on Shutter, luckily, and I'm glad I didn't pay for it. This is Spirit Halloween um the yeah it's pretty self-explanatory you know about the costume shop the pop-up costume shop that we see all over the country in abandoned strip malls <laughs> um it's starring christopher lloyd they say starring but honestly he's really only in it for probably like five minutes they just really draw the house um it starts with like Christopher Lloyd, he's in this. He's trying to buy some land off of an obvious old witch lady, um, and you know she doesn't want to sell the land. He pulls some shady shit, and she curses the land. Well, years and years go by. Um, I, I, he dies somehow, you know. And there's a bunch of kids. Uh, Spirit Halloween has popped up in. <laughs> Stop it, Chris. Uh, Spirit Halloween popped up in um, an abandoned Toys R Us, as they do. Uh, there's a bunch of kids, you know, they usually go out trick-or-treating, but they're deciding that they're too old this year to go trick-or-treating and want to go cause some mischief. So they get into the Spirit Halloween after hours and kind of fuck around there. Well, the ghost of fucking Christopher Lloyd, Dr. Uh, you know, Dr. Brown, Dr. Emmett Brown, um, he's possessing the animatronics in this place and making them come to life so the kids have to fight to get out there's some weird tunnels in it honestly it was all right it was all right but this make no mistake this is a kids movie this is something that you would show to like your 13 year old and younger you know like a starter horror movie and it'd be good for that but other than that I don't know. It's an all right movie. I, I give it a three. If you're showing it, it, it's a great one to show to kids, but it wouldn't like float my boat to, you know, as a Halloween horror movie. It wouldn't be a go to for me. Fair enough. Uh, Ruthless Chris, have you seen Spirit Halloween the movie? 
No, I had no interest in it. I saw that it was a <laughs> dumb kids movie marketed after a chain <laughs> store, but I had no yeah. interest in it. It is basically what it is. It's like straight up cliche shit, you know, kids stuck in there fighting animatronics. It's it's very, very kids movie. Uh, yeah, I felt similarly to you, Kelly, that uh, this was definitely a children's movie. But, mm -hmm. you know, it it appealed to me in the fact that it, I am a huge fan of uh, films made out of uh, just crass commercialism. Uh, <laughs> I love Mac and Me. I love Garbage yeah. Pail Kids, the movie. Oh, and Mac I, and Me. I, I I didn't love this movie. I didn't hate it either. No. I gave it three stars as well. I thought yeah. it would pair well with like Halloween Disney's Halloween Town mm -hmm. or um, something of that ilk. This would have made a great Halloween special in the eighties or nineties for kids just coming home from trick or treating. They could watch. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a kids movie. And, I mean, uh, it ain't no Monster Squad, but it's you know yeah. it's a decent kids movie. Monster Squad is at least like edgy enough that adults can enjoy it, but yeah. this is yeah, it pair well with Halloween Town and pair well maybe with Ernest Scared Stupid. I can see uh, that. something along that lines. Uh, but I gave it three stars as well, and it's streaming on Shutter. So if you have Shutter, definitely check it out. Um, Ruthless Chris, Ruthless Ruthless Chris, paging Ruthless Chris to Halloween Town. What you got for us on this choo choo terror train? Oh, that's me. Uh, I've been paged. Uh, my next one. Uh, hmm. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll talk about the newer one. I was going to talk about Dark Knight of Scarecrow, but I feel like everyone's already seen that. Um, I watched the new VHS, VHS 85. <laughs> mm. uh, by the looks of things, Jerm would rather have me talk about uh, Scare or Dark Knight of Scarecrow. <laughs> I think you should. I think it's more. Lesser. Talk about what you want to talk about, baby. Yeah, do you do it? Do, do VHS. Do VHS then? What? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so yeah, VHS eighty five. I think this is the fifth entry in the VHS franchise. They're pumping these things out like every year now, and you know what? I can't blame them. It's got to be pretty easy, where they just you know get a bunch of people to make a short film and set it in and pile them together. Um. <clears throat> This was prime one of my more favorites of the uh, the series. Um, the eighties aesthetic really made it very fun. Um, they did some interesting stuff that they haven't done in any of the prior VHS movies, uh, namely connected some of the stories, and then um, they did something with the end story to where it like got out of the handheld camera rain arranged story-wise but it still looked that way they just did something really subversive with it which i thought was really cool um there was only one story in this i really didn't like and that was like about a virtual reality kind of yeah. program thing i found that one to be really fucking annoying except for the little uh gore money shot at the end i thought that was pretty funny um the one of the highlights uh for me was what you think is a natural disaster um a story of people just trying to survive an earthquake and it turns out to be much more than that uh that one was really cool i didn't see where that was going um where the way they connected two of the stories i really found satisfying because the very first story you feel like it kind of cuts out right when it gets interesting and then um a later story like falls back into that but it tells it from a whole different perspective which i thought was really cool 
so yeah, this is probably one of my more favorites of the series. Um, really dug it. Would definitely recommend it. I give this one three and a half. Um, Sun Shutter. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of this uh, franchise. I remember seeing the first one in the theater and was greatly disappointed. I think it was more or less because uh, the magazines and websites and stuff had hyped it up so much at the time. Uh, I've gone back to rewatch the first one and I like it more now. Uh, and I, I've watched, I, I watched VHS 85. And once again, like you said, though, the fact that two of the vignettes are connected was great. Uh, and other than that, though, it was kind of like, okay, I watched it. That was a movie, <laughs> you yeah, know, but you also, you really do not enjoy found footage. And I think that might hamper your ability to enjoy it as well. And when the medium that is presented in that, the overall, you know, like aesthetic of the whole series is, it's not something that's your jam to begin with, you know? Yeah. But I, I mean, it's still like in the horror world. So I want to check it out regardless. Um, but I gave it two and a half stars. It's uh, definitely worth a watch. And I, I'm just looking at the trivia right now, and it says that director Scott Derrickson, Derrickson said that his segment is in the universe of the Black Phone. Uh, now I'm just trying to figure yes. out which segment he did. It's the very last one with the cop and his son. Yes, that was a good one. Uh, that, the I one that, that had like the interesting point of view that was talking about where it kind of finds for the first time its way out of the handheld camera range while still being part of that which was weird. Right. I didn't think like the goth son really looked appropriate for <laughs> 1985. Like, no, could, no, there was no hot topic around. So you would not be dressing like that in 1985. But I think that, uh, I really liked that. I really liked that vignette because the gore mm. was reminiscent of uh, like Lucio Fulci type gore with the eyeballs and the, the fingernails and the gore just over the top gore. Uh, and uh, I did like that the two segments were connected. I thought that was a really cool idea. But yeah, like you said, the fact that I don't like found footage films probably does hamper my opinion. But I gave it two and a half stars. Uh, Kelly, have you seen this? Yeah, I watched it with Chris, actually. I watched it at my house. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I agree with everything most of you said. I didn't care for that. Also, didn't care for that, like, digital fucking skit that was in that. Movie. Come to me, techno god. Yeah, that one was weird. That one was real weird. Yeah, but the rest of it, I really enjoyed. You're right, Chris, with the earthquake one. That one was cool as shit. Um, yeah, I liked this one. I don't, I don't know if I like this better than the last one. I'll have to watch the last one again. But I think I, I gave I, it a three. I, I probably three. liked the last one more, but this is this is a topper in the the series. Like mm -hmm. a lot of the ones before it are under it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. So if you haven't seen VHS and you've got Shudder, do yourself a favor and check it out, check it out, check it out. Uh, the next film I'm going to talk about last time around before we get on to Murder Party uh, is one that Kelly actually talked about last week. And I was so uh, enthralled with the idea that I went and ordered myself a physical copy of this and it is amazing might as well be uh, my favorite so far my favorite film of 2023 or at least my favorite horror film uh it is uh 2023's directed by samuel bodwin a weird twist halloween movie cobweb uh 
mm-hmm. holy guacamole. I uh, now I know Kelly talked about it last uh, last week, but if you have if you are unaware of what this film is about, it's about an eight year old boy who tries to investigate the mysterious knocking sounds that are coming from inside the walls of his house, unveiling a dark secret that his, his sinister parents have kept hidden from him. Uh, this is a movie that has some really great gore, great story, uh, great cast, uh, amazing direction. And, but what really pulled me in to make this more like, make it my favorite movie, the horror movie that I've seen in 2023 is that when I got done watching it, I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking about did any of this actually happened? Was it more of just mm-hmm. a psychological twist from the kid's point of view to deal with the trauma that he's experiencing from abusive parents? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what got me more than anything else. Um, it is, it's a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it because that third act is just bonkers. And, you know, if you like a weird twist, definitely check it out. In my opinion, the um, subtext is uh, akin to uh, parents. I think that came out in like the mid eighties, you know, where it's more about like the kids, um, the abusive home that the kid lives in. But then of course it's got that amazing twist that is more akin to a barbarian that came out last year. So if you want to, if you want a bonkers twist with some cool subtext, I highly recommend uh, watching cobweb right now. It's not streaming for free anywhere, but you can rent or buy it on uh, Amazon prime for five 99. And I mean, right now it's been out for a little bit, so you can even get a physical copy for a decent price. It does take place on Halloween. So that's even better. Uh, Yeah. I'm a huge fan of this film. Uh, I'm pretty sure I give it five stars because yeah, it blew my mind and uh, the cast is just great. Anyways, I I keep going on about, about this movie. Uh, I think it's, I, I was definitely, I popped for Cleopatra Coleman. Uh, I met her a few years ago and it's nice to see her star just rising, getting bigger and bigger. And she was the substitute teacher that went and investigated the, the drawing that he does in class. But uh, it's, it's just great. <laughs> uh, now I'm rambling on. When we should be getting on to do 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 murder party. You guys ready? You guys ready? Everybody ready dies. To, to the murder party. And now for our feature presentation. Holy guacamole. This is uh, a comfort movie for, I think, everybody here. It is a super fun, uh, wacky, wild, wonderful, and weird uh, Halloween movie. Came out in 2007. Directed by none other than Jeremy Solner, which is known for much more serious films like Green Room and uh, what is it? Blue. Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So he's not <laughs> he's not a fan of this first movie he did, but uh, we sure are here at Real Vile. Now, if you're not uh, familiar with this horror comedy, it's about a random invitation to a Halloween party that leads a man into the hands of a rogue collective intent on murdering him for the sake of art, sparking a bloodbath of mishap, mayhem, and hilarity. <laughs> you guys, talk a little bit about Murder Party. 
Murder Party, uh, this one holds a special place for me. Um, mm -hmm. Remember when Netflix used to just be discs that you got in the mail? Yeah. I had gotten myself in trouble some years back, and I was on house arrest. And uh, Netflix uh, really came through in the clutch. But a lot of times, Netflix would do a thing where they would sell you their old DVDs uh, for a couple bucks. And Murder Party had a cool cover. So I ordered it blind and I went in there. Man, oh man, did I love this movie. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, a Halloween go to for me. Um, it's no budget as shit, but it doesn't hamper it at all. I mean, a lot of this, um, you know, I've heard this be described and I think it's it's the most apropos way of, of describing it is it's Breakfast Club with lots of drugs and chainsaws. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you have, um, <laughs> you have, um, you know, like a ragtag group of uh, uh, these stupid art students that are very pretentious trying to do this project that involves murdering somebody to impress this douchebag that's going to give them a grant. Um, but what really makes this thing work is everyone's really good in it. And if the, the acting was bad, this movie would suck. But everyone like mm -hmm. and most of these people were first time actors, you know, were. They they went on to you know some went on to do some stuff like making Blair is who made the new Toxic Avenger and uh, he's been he was in Green Room and Blue Rune and all that but uh, they've gone on to do some things but this is one of those things where the it really hinged on the performances um, you know and there's a couple really decent special effects scenes that really make it effective there's some ones that are not so good um, and there's some some really decent ones but yeah this this is a really fun movie and the the humor is spot on. Yeah. I mean, it's funny as shit. This this movie, there's there's like such these little gags that just make me fucking laugh. Like the uh, the part where they all have him trapped in the closet and he's got to get away, and he kicks the door open. And he's got like an armful, like a bunch of shit, and he goes and just he, his plan was he's gonna throw it at him and then you know distract him and then like juke and get out of the way. But like he tosses it, goes like a foot in front of him, and he does the move, and they're so confused they just let him one by. Like what the fuck? <laughs> or yeah, like. The first girl that dies too. She just like she eats the, his pumpkin bread and she's allergic to nuts or something. It just falls raisins. over. And then yeah, yeah. What are you gonna raisins. say? Raisins. Yeah, the raisins. raisins. Yeah. Which is like the basil and gravy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of this film. And like you said, it's one of those ones that nobody really knew about, but through word of mouth, it's kind of like transcended into a much bigger thing. And I'm surprised that it hasn't been given the collector's edition Blu-ray treatment yet. Uh, I Similar to you, I, I rented it blind when video stores were like still like, a, a few of them were still open, a few of them still were, a lot of them were going out of business, but rented it with a buddy of mine from high school when I was visiting New Hampshire, visiting my family. And we expected to laugh at it because it's, you know, we were like, oh, this is going to be so bad that we're going to laugh at it. Instead, we yeah. weren't laughing at it. We were laughing with it because it was, it's amazing. It's such a great it's movie. And I have to watch it every Halloween. This is a, definitely a go to film for me. Uh, and I am not a fan of pretentious hipster art school student nerds. And it's funny to see that also poked fun of by this group of actors. Uh, I also think it's interesting that a lot of them, their names, the actors, or at least I noticed that um, Macon Blair uses his name. He, he plays Macon. Macon plays Macon. Or maybe he's the only one. 
Uh, <laughs> no, the the Sky Girl, like it, it's uh, her name is like Skyler, but it's they make her Sky. There's a couple of them that use their real names. But I thought that was an interesting twist as well. Uh, but I watched the um, I watched the extras on the DVD for the first time last night, and it was uh, interesting to see that everybody in this film, except for a few of the crew members were friends before making this film like they were childhood friends they grew up making movies with their parents camcorder and it was all like uh colombian drug lords getting killed by aliens and you know they would fill up uh plastic bags with uh like paint and water and then when they got shot they would uh splash splash the plastic bag against their body and fall on the ground these little camcorder movies that these kids were making uh i thought were hilarious to watch in themselves and then to see them like mature a little by little in these camcorder films because i showed a lot of them in the making of and um when they added Jeremy Saulner into this, he introduced firecrackers. So when they were getting shot, they had actually taped firecrackers onto their bodies. <laughs> I was like, wow, those are some wild kids. Uh, but then, so when they went to college, they wound up getting everybody getting back together and making this film. And uh, they made it themselves. You know, there was no major backers. There was no uh, GoFundMe. There was no Indiegogo. It was just this group of friends making a movie together. They premiered it at Slamdance where they got picked up for distribution. And now a lot of them have got, like you said, uh, Chris, a lot of them have gone on to bigger and better things. I just wish Jeremy Selner was not ashamed of this film because it is amazing. I love the, I love murder party so much. And I know a lot of my friends do Uh, my best friend, Rhea, she had a murder party themed Halloween party last year. And uh, you know, her and a few of her guests grew uh, dressed up like the characters from the murder party. Um, yeah, it's just he's a, he's ashamed of that film. Yeah, yeah, I had gone to see the Chicago premiere of Green Room, and uh, I talked about how much I love Murder Party. He's like, ah, I don't really want to talk about that. So I was like, oh, yeah, bummer. So maybe his ideas have changed since then. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I haven't heard him talk about it since I did get a cool picture with him that night. <laughs> I think he was a little weirded out when I said I'm in green, I'm in green room cosplay and I came in boots and braces, <laughs> but that was funny anyway. <laughs> um, so maybe Kelly, because- what do you, what do you think about murder party? I love it, man. It's absolutely hilarious. It keeps you engaged from the opening scene from when he finds the invitation all the way up to that brutal-ass third act, which is it's just great. Um, I like the irony of the the entire the ending of the movie. You know, everybody dies. Everybody, you know? And then, like, he goes, they stumble into the party of the guy that they were trying to impress. And, like, the, the chainsaw scene, which causes a whole bloody mess in the one gallery room. And then it's just, like, people are just walking by, like, oh, yeah, that's creative art. Look at the art that's made here, <laughs> you know? I really like how it pokes fun at, like, pretentious art, you know, art dealers and art collectors. Whereas the artists themselves are demented as shit. You know, and taking shit to extremes just to, you know, make art. 
it's it's great all the way through and the fact that it's all filmed basically in the one room up until they get to that third act for the most part like it's it's hard to believe you know for is um i don't know as much as there it's 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 a great movie i can't find the words i'm looking for but you know what i mean (laughs) yeah it's kind of like a reservoir dog situation where they just had like one location they found a way to make an interesting movie in like the one location they had I mean, aside from that, it was like the guy's house and then the party at the end. But, you know, like you were saying with the pretentiousness, the, my one favorite character was Alexander, who is the guy they were all trying to impress, you know, to get this money. And then they find out that he's just a fry cook named Tim yeah. <laughs> that wants to get all their art and they kill him because art's not worth anything until you're dead. You know, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, there's uh, a little, little twist there. It was also great that uh, Alexander, played by Sandy Barnett, he was the only actor in it where all, all the actor, all everybody else and the actors and the cast talk shit about him in the making of. They're like, yeah, Sandy, he has the attention span of a four-year-old. So if you don't keep him occupied when he's not on screen, <laughs> he's running off and getting a burger or, you know, doing whatever when we're trying to film a movie <laughs> and we've got a tight schedule. Uh but yeah, it was that was another funny part during the making of that they all talk shit about each other. Like, yeah, I, I watched you... that uh, that vignette too. And uh, what was funny about him is he's like, "I'm not an actor. I'm a, I'm a gardener." Right. He's like, "This shit's really fucking boring to me." He's like, "If I'm not engaged, I'm thinking about trimming hedges." Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, there there's so many great laugh out loud moments. Like you said earlier, Chris, when he pops out of the closet and just throws the shit at them, and then. <laughs> tries to get away it's like there's so many great things you could have used as weapons and fought against these art, right. art school nerds because you know this is a, just a working class guy that got sick of staying at home on a halloween made a really cool costume at last out minute of cardboard boxes <laughs> yeah like he's the brown knight made out of cardboard and i thought that was so cool which is it's great that that's an extra on the dvd is how to make your own brown knight yeah. costume that is awesome i have it upstairs I, I was debating wearing it, but I, I think it's so beat up. I made it for uh, I used the DVD extras to make it for Halloween one year, and That's I awesome. never took it apart. It's upstairs, but that was like ten years ago. So I was like, mm, and I've gained a lot of weight, so I don't really want to put myself through trying to put that thing on. Fair enough. Fair enough. We all gain and lose weight throughout the time, uh, but and then like another part that always makes me pop, and it's I, I feel like it, it is probably unscripted. I'm not sure is when uh, our main character, Chris Sharp, is sitting on the subway train trying to get to the murder party, and he's just staring straight forward at the camera while this, like, black guy beside him is, like, rapping in his face. And I was just like, that's what it's like taking public transportation for real, for real. Like, they caught that on camera so well. I don't know if that was just random or if they thought of it on the spot. I loved it. It makes me laugh every time. This is the first time I watched it where I think it actually was, like, meant to be part of the movie because the ending line is, this is your obituary, and then he stares at him, and he's going to a murder party. So I think maybe, you know, he's just, like, freestyle and end with this. But yeah, he's just staring straight ahead. This dude's just rapping at him. And like when he's done, just kind of stares at him like, Will? Will? But yeah, it's, <laughs> public transportation is very much that. Yes. Uh, b- besides that and the scene popping out of the closet, another part that always makes me laugh really hard, and it's a very, very small, very short uh, part, is when he gets home 
And before he decides to go to the murder party, he has a bowl of candy corn and mm-hmm. he's got some VHS tapes and his cat, Sir Lancelot, won't get out of his chair. He's like, Sir Lancelot, could you please get down from the chair? He's had a long day at work. He just wants to enjoy Halloween by himself, but his damn cat won't even get out of his chair. It's hilarious. Yeah. And that's the reason the whole movie happens. He, he, If he would have been able to sit down and watch his movies, he would have never went to the murder party, but the cat wouldn't get up. And I do like when he gets back and he's all bloodied up. You know, the cat's still in the chair. He's like, get up. And then the cat's like, all right. <laughs> cat's like, fair enough. You just survived all that madness. That all that craziness. Dude, they put him through fucking hell, too. Like, all taped to that chair while they're, like, killing off each other. Oh, God. This movie's great, man. I would highly recommend it. Not only that, he kind of just like bumbles his way through the end. He's not a hero. He doesn't no. do anything like no. as, he's like the, the clumsiest, thing. like, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like he's just like bumbling his way through and accidentally surviving, except for the one scene with the chainsaw is like the only time he really like redeems himself. <laughs> steps yeah. up and does it. And even while he's doing it, he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that was like one of the one of the best special effects in the movie. That one really sold it. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, and then uh, the guy who plays, I think his name is Bill. I'm not sure the the guy that just loses it. The guy dressed up like the baseball fury. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Loses it, and that is where the tagline of "Everybody Dies" comes from. I mean, and it initially plays on. I'm not sure what type of handheld game that was. Yes, like the middle of the movie, you can hear the game go. Everybody dies. Uh-huh. <laughs> After they've all done so much drugs and they've all, you know, and each one sort of like had their own drug, you know, that guy was smoking weed. The truth serum? What's that? The truth serum? One of them had truth serum? They were injecting each other with? Storing cocaine the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, you know, leads to that whole breakfast club analogy where they sit around and they tell their truths, you know, which... I think it's brilliant, you know, to take a, a cool, wild spin at Breakfast Club with, like you said, Breakfast Club with chainsaws and drugs. <laughs> but, yeah, if you haven't seen uh, Murder Party, make sure you do, because this is a Halloween staple for everybody that has seen it. And everybody that I know who's seen it loves it. Uh, it's streaming on Crackle, Magnolia Selects. Monsters and Nightmares, Plex, Pluto, Tubi, Warriors and Gangsters, pretty much everywhere. There's wow, there are some weird channels out there. Warriors but it's, and Gangsters. Warriors and Gangsters. It's on there. But I gave it a monster one. What was the monster one? Monsters and Nightmares. That's a streaming service? With prime video channels. Okay. But yeah, so there's pretty much no excuse not to watch Murder Party if you haven't seen it. Cool soundtrack, very funny, cool gore effects. Uh, I give it four and a half stars, and that's because it's amazing. Uh, what do you guys give Murder Party? I have no complaints about this movie. I'd probably give it a five. And I think um, the I would probably give it four and a half, but I'm giving extra points for what they did on such a low budget. They they just made an immaculate movie with it. So yeah, five. It gets a five for me. Uh, I'll give this thing four and a half. This is the kind of movies I really love where you can tell it's just like friends having the time of their life making this really weird thing. And like it just kind of oozes through the screen. You can tell that these guys are just having a blast the whole way through. And like just how clever they were with not having a lot of money, you know, like just the sight gags and all that. I mean, the like the the guy running around looking for a plug for his chainsaw. 
<laughs> just, just, there's so many just like little tiny things that almost every time I watch this, I pick up on something else. Yeah, I give this thing four and a half, five all day. This thing is just a it's a love it's a wonderful movie. It's a lot of fun. Um it, it it's it's something I watch every year for Halloween season. Yeah, it's murder party's great. Well, there you go, folks, in real Violand. If you haven't seen Murder Party, do it to it because you're missing out if you don't. Uh, but in the meantime, next week on Real Vile, uh, we've got an all-time comfort movie, punk rock horror movie uh, from 1988, directed by Kevin Tenney, Night of the Demons. Ooh, la, la, say la vie. I'm excited about this one for you and for me. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Uh, but, hey, do you guys get any last words to give out to the people in Real Violand before we sign off? Um, I hope we've seen you at the RPW show this weekend. So by the time this comes out, maybe you said hi. I hope so. Hello again. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again. Uh, just take it sleazy, guys. Watch some nasty shit. Absolutely. Watch some fucked up cinema and keep it spooky. Keep it creepy. Keep it real vile forever. God bless America and send nudes. Woo!